Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. That's for Mitch. I miss Mitch. Whoop, whoop. It doesn't need to do that. Or am I wrong? Mitch? Yeah, it doesn't need to do that. I don't remember doing whoop, that. Whoop. <laughs> what up, Knicks fans? And what is up, Barry? Motherfucking D. What is up, Craig? <laughs> Good day to Jay, a.k.a. Blanderson Hooper. Good day to you as well, Craig. What's new, guys? We're at the halfway point of the season. We made it. Only half, halfway to go. And look where we are. <laughs> On top of the world. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Guys, wherever you listen to the show, remember to leave us a five-star rating and or positive review. Let me read the latest positive review. Subject. This is by Sean082. Sound machine. Subject. Very clever. I was skeptical of Jay and his sound machine. His little sound machine. <laughs> but they've both become crucial parts of the pod. Keep up the good work. And the sexy Clarkson Avenue ads are hilarious. Nice. I think we'll do another sexy Clarkson Avenue read later. Bringing it back. And please, subscribe to the one podcast that is unofficially the official podcast of the New York Knicks. <laughs> Very true. Or at least the unofficial official Knicks podcast that Knicks Social likes to troll the most. <laughs> right? It started last season with Dotson, thanks to fucking Barry. Right. And then recently, you two boneheads had this fucking argument. All right. So you've got the, you got Randall, obviously, on the East Reserves. And from what you, they say, although it's not official at this no, point No, it's yet, official. Since when? <laughs> I saw a reputable source tweet that he's in it. But it's not official. Like the NBA has yet to announce who's in the slam dunk competition, it's correct? Like it's officially unofficial. It's officially unofficial? Or maybe it's unofficially official. And then the next morning, the next morning, Nick's Twitter announces, and I quote, officially official, <laughs> Obi Toppin is in the slam dunk contest. Coincidence? Could that really be a coincidence? Like, I mean, the idea that they're sitting around listening to us <laughs> is pretty hard to, to grasp, but It's I not mean, that hard when you consider it's a fucking 22-year-old kid right out of college. But it does seem a little bit weird, just the the timing and the phrasing. <laughs> and Dotson was the next morning too, right? Yes. Barry tweeted out that video or, uh, or that clip of sound of yeah, but Dotson got involved directly. Dotson, yeah, he got Dotson involved. got involved directly with that one. So you know, whatever, give that a pass. But I mean, it is. It, I mean, I saw that. I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Is that, <laughs> is that a, a like a do you think direct? Do you think any listeners caught on to that? No, probably not. I mean, I tweeted out about it after the fact. Did you? With the clip of us arguing about it. Oh, you did? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know that. It just seemed like an odd choice of words. Was strange. Barry, 
What'd you bet on yeah. at betonline.ag this week? Anything? Hmm, that's a no. All right, great. <laughs> you know, you got to fucking place a bet just for the sake of this ad. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you love most about <laughs> betonline.ag? You see tons of ads for all these other betting websites. But if you live in New York, you can't bet on them. Unless you physically drive to New Jersey, place your bet, then drive back home. BetOnline.ag, you can bet from New York. That's all you need to know. All right, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline.ag gives you more options to wager than any place online. And they have a fucking online casino, right? So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Just, what, what was that? Unzipping your sweatshirt, Barry? Yeah, you got a problem with that, motherfucker? <laughs> Do you want my pants off or on? <laughs> your online sportsbook experts. Wow. It's going to be a good one. I can tell already. <laughs> All right, guys. Not only is Obi Toppin now officially, officially in the slam dunk contest, but uh, RJ Barrett is on the Rising Stars roster for the world team. And Emmanuel quickly, did he get snubbed in his not being on the US team for the Rising Stars roster? Why is there a world and a (laughs) USA team, Craig? (laughs) Uh, Because the world team used to have a lot better talent than it does right now, okay? To sell the game on the world stage, I, I don't know. The world team is is pathetic. Can't they just go to back to a fucking East and West Rising Stars or just fuck the whole East and West thing and just do, you know, I mean, there's not even a game this year anyway, so they could have done it however they wanted to do it. I mean, they should, I don't even know why they're doing it. Here's the Rising Stars US team. Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, which is the one that hurts, I think, that Tyrese is on there and not Emmanuel, because you got to put them well, like at the same level. I put them at the same field of how good of a season they're having. All right, we'll keep, Very we'll keep going. Similar. Tyler Harrow, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, Ja Morant, Michael Porter Jr., Zion Williamson, and James Wiseman. That's the U.S. team. It's a really good team. It's a solid team. I, I don't know if you can say Emmanuel was snubbed. I just think it hurts a little that Tyrese is there and he isn't. Yeah, but what is it? This is nothing. They're not even playing a game. So what is this? I get what it, but it's lists? still. I mean- I think either Halliburton or even like Keldon Johnson. I can't really, I don't no, really have a quarrel with any of the other people. What about Michael Porter Jr.? Like he's having, yes, a, he's having he should a, be on there. He's having a decent year, but he's also second. Is he second year or third year player by now? I think third year, but he missed his rook, most of his rookie season. Right. I thought it was technically only your first two years. You could even qualify. For Maybe they're thing. not counting that first year. He didn't play at all. So I technically it's only his second year. But I don't know. Mike, like he's a solid player, but he's... Averaging fourteen and seven in his second year. Yeah, on a on a team that has guys like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, you know, some heavy hitters, and he's still be able to do that. Come on. Okay, and here's the world team, which I'll do my best to pronounce some of these: Precious Achua, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Denny Avdija, R.J. Barrett, Fasundo Campazo, who I think barely fucking plays for Denver. Right? Is he on Denver? Yeah. Brandon Clark. Luguenst Dwart Dort Rui Hachimura Lou Dort man Teo Maladon and Michael or Mikhail or Michal Mulder. <laughs> That's the world team. Do you think RJ would have made it on the US team? Yes. Ahead of Keldon Johnson. Yeah. At least. For sure. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> Those what But is, they, they gotta do away with this, Craig. Even if there to. was a game being played, they gotta do away with this, you know. 
USA versus the world. Because people to. are going to get left out that deserve to be there just because they were born like here. Well, I mean, it makes no sense. You can't have 20 rising stars and fucking nine of them fucking suck because they're on the world team. <laughs> and then there are great players, other talented rising stars that are missing out. It's pointless. It's fucking There's, there's no good reason to do it. Look, we get it. We get it. The NBA is attracting, you know, people from all over the globe. You've done it, NBA. You've done it. You fucking cemented yourself across every continent, okay? And people are, are striving to make it to the NBA. We don't need it a reminder by having a bunch of sucky European <laughs> players in a meaningless game. And in, in, in this case, this year, 2021, where there, there was not even a game. What's the point? Hey, 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 hey. Ridiculous. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not all European. There's some sucky, <laughs> sucky is, players from other parts of the world. There too. you go. I'm sorry. Half of the world team is from Canada, which, which is fucking ridiculous anyway. Because <laughs> if Canada wasn't on the world team, they'd be really fucked. Oh, forget about it. They'd have to play in the big three. I mean, I'd take away Brandon Clark and RJ Barrett, two of the probably the only guys that most people even know on that team. <laughs> well, Dort, don't forget Dort. Is Dort a fan favorite? Yeah, this year. Oh, I don't even. I don't even know who he was. What team is he yeah. on? Oklahoma. Okay, see. Yeah. All right, and then some other news: a piece of shit Kevin Durant over in Brooklyn picked Julius <laughs> Randle for his All Star team. Yes, he did. I heard a story about Kevin Durant today. What was the story? I mean, I I can tell it, right? I don't know if it's true or not, but I can tell it, right? Oh, boy. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. Um, So this guy I know, his brother. Oh, my God. This isn't even even something you read on fucking Twitter. It's a guy I know No, no, it's fucking somebody I know. So there you go. And I literally had the conversation today. (laughs) Okay. He was dating this smoking hot chick, my, my friend's brother. Okay, and she told him a story about how one night she was in a club and there were all these people hanging around this one guy and it turned out to be Kevin Durant and he invited her back to his hotel room. This was in Manhattan, but it, you know, but it was a couple of years ago, so he must have been in town for who knows what. So they go back to his hotel, big hotel room. Supposedly or allegedly, he snorted some coke and got in the bathtub. She said, you know, it was just a weird, awkward moment, and she left. Nothing, you know, he didn't, you know, try <laughs> wait, to pursue wait, 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 anything. Wait, wait, wait. He was just hoping Craig, she Craig, would join him in the bathtub. I don't think we can use this. <laughs> yes, we can. Are you sure? Jay, you don't have any bathtub sound effects or anything? No, I've got no bathtub sound. The only, bath, the only bathroom <laughs> sound no I have is like toilet flush. We'll go hit that. I just have it. So Kevin Durant. But it got too strange for her, and wait she just second. got the fuck out of there. He snorted coke and then got in the bath? Yes, got in the by bath himself? by himself. And I guess his move, was, that was his move. And he was hoping that she would follow him in. He he relaxed. He snorted coke and he relaxed in the bathtub? That's the way the story goes, normally Jason. like you'd snort, uh, snort coke and be like, oh, yeah. And you'd be all hyped up like Macho Man. And, well, and what look, team was he on? The Warriors? I don't know how long ago this was. Probably would have been a little pertinent, you know, to know that. Wow. Breaking news. Breaking news. Why don't you throw in another allegedly, Barry? Just, no? Throw in another allegedly? Yeah, just throw it out there. Allegedly. This is allegedly. Okay. Guys, it's officially official. Barry caught Kevin Durant in a bathtub snorting coke. (laughs) Did he invite you in the bathtub? Yeah, yes. Yes, I I was the the, the hot one in the story. (laughs) Oh, it was you. Did you say to him- People asked you if you wanted it in the butt. Holy shit. 
How many sound clips are you going to play that are, that are like that, Jay? Those two are as many times as I ever want to. Guys, and Julius Randle, speaking of Julius Randle, just had an, had an article in the Players' Tribune or a letter, a letter to the fans called Reputation, basically about his mindset going into last season, how disappointed he was in himself throughout last season, just in how he carried himself. He had this great story about how his son, uh, Kaiden, would repeat everything he did, like his actions from on the court, like his flexes and his reactions. And I guess during last season, his son started to give this like really negative look when he was playing basketball. And he felt like it like woke Randall up and he realized that he was portraying that on the court and was just really disappointed in himself, disappointed in his selfishness last season. Barry, did you read that article yet? I wish I did. I heard about it and I, you know, I heard a bunch of excerpts from it. And to be honest, I I wanted to read it. I just haven't read it yet. But but I mean, hearing this, that that that's awesome. I think that's great. It's a really good article. There were some interesting quotes. I will it. read it. He, you know, one one was, he said, "You only get one chance to make a first impression in a city." And I was so disappointed in myself how that first season in New York had gone. It felt like a blown opportunity. It felt like I'd cemented my reputation in the opposite way that I that I wanted to. Selfish, not a leader, not a winning player. I heard all of it and I couldn't say a thing about it. He said, and I knew that if I wanted to shake off the reputation I'd built up, I really only had one option, to come out this season and establish a new one. Unbelievable how he turned it around. It's really unbelievable. He talks about some moments with Kobe when he played with Kobe. Dude, he was more hated by the Knicks fan base than I think Alfred Payton is now. People couldn't wait to get him off this team. Yeah, absolutely. They thought he was just a detriment to the offense, us, that he was holding in, the Knicks included. back, he was holding the players back. Except for Jay. Us included. It, the, the way he was able to turn it around, and I mean, you realize like how much you have to change your game and change as a player in order to change your own narrative? And a guy that, that's already been in the league you know, for five years or however many years it's been, to all, all, all of a sudden do that? I mean, it, it's remarkable. And I mean, I know we're thankful for it, and the Knicks... Surely wouldn't be where they are without him playing like this. Yeah, I mean, it takes a really strong person to be able to do that, you know, to to recognize that that you were like that last year and to and to know you want to change it and then to be able to change it. It's sort of like I think it's a perfect scenario because last season the fans hated him so much, right? And they were booing him. Imagine fans were in the arenas this year and he got off to whatever. It could be like oh for five in his first game, or does it turns over the ball once and the fans might have started getting on him. Maybe this was the perfect scenario for him to turn his reputation around because he's got no one booing him at the arena. Maybe there's a little less pressure because of that. Right. And now he reestablishes himself as this new, this totally new person. And then he walks into an arena for the first time with fans and he's got them chanting MVP every time he touches the ball. I mean, they're also fucking chanting MVP for fucking Frank Nilakina. <laughs> which I fucking hate when Knicks fans or any fans, like it ruins when you chant MVP for Randall when you do it for three or four of the other guys on the team. It really yeah, that's does. That's true. That's true. You really shouldn't do that. But yeah, then he goes he, he goes on to talk about the young players on the team. I mentioned that he had some stories about Kobe and ways of hard work that Kobe taught him. One thing specifically about how every time he gets off a plane, when he arrives to a new city, he always goes straight to the gym, no matter what time it is. It was interesting because he says he's been doing that since Kobe, and but on this year's team, on this year's Knicks, it's the first time that other players on the team join him for that. Yeah, and you hear the way the other players on the team talk about him all the time, and you can hear it. Like 
they they make sure they get it across to media members. Like whenever Julius Randle's name comes up, that they're like, you have no idea like how much work he puts in and, you know, what a great leader he is. And he deserves to be an all-star and he deserves all the, you know, the uh, the success that he's getting this year. So, I mean, that's really cool too, because sometimes you get uh, leading scorers on teams or all-stars on teams that, you know, the, the players can't stand them. You know, they're selfish. They're this, they're that. Uh, they're prima donnas. Um, but not Randall. I mean, Randall's been a hardworking guy his entire career. And and finally, you know, he's got something to show for it with, you know, with, with all this recognition and his team success. Yeah. And he's and he seems like a leader that none of us realized he was. Right. Right. And he's averaging 23.2 points a game right now, halfway through season, 11.1 boards, five and a half assists, 20.8 player efficiency rating, leading the team in each one of those categories, which is incredible. And, I'm really and surprised what by the and rebounds. He, he essentially what? I said I'm really surprised by the rebounds. It's like every it's a double double basically every single yeah, every well, single night. He right? doesn't take plays off this year. No, he just doesn't. And essentially, he's also leading the team in three point shooting, which is fucking crazy. Crazy. The only players who are, have a better percentage than him are Frank Nilakina, who's barely played, and that's why his are up there. And Derek Rose, which is just based off of like 10 games. 41% from three. Yeah, 41%. He's taken more three-pointers this year than he's ever taken in his entire career. I mean, last year he made 64 three-pointers the entire season. That was on 231 attempts. He's already made 69, and that's only on 169 attempts thus far. He shot 27% from three last year. 27%. You notice he's not forcing it up. You know, he's not, even though he's having so much success from three, he's doing it when it's there. And it's amazing that the other teams are still giving him those shots. Listen, I I went looking the other day to to figure it out. And if, if he's able to keep up that pace from three, he would be the first Nick player to ever have 20, 10 and, and 40% from three in, in one season. The closest was like Mello, like eight or nine years ago, because he had like eight and a half boards or something like that. Right. So as far back as, you know, three-point statistics go, you'd be the first person. And obviously, in today's NBA, you've got to have people, you know, big men that could can shoot the three. You need yeah, that. Yeah, and he's doing it regularly. He's at like 4.6 attempts per game. And, and and that, you know, he's he's stated many times that, you know, that is definitely something he's worked on in the offseason. Yeah, when he came over from New Orleans, he was shooting like 34%. That was one of the reasons we brought him over. Right. We're excited. Like, oh, this year it's going to yeah. go up again. We were excited about his improving three-point shot, <laughs> right. his ability to stretch the floor. And then he was awful. But now he's even fucking, he's light years better than even that season. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. With with almost twice as many shots a game, you know? Yeah. I have to be honest, like this whole season, like I have loved Randall. I'm excited about the player he's turning into, but I, I haven't been exactly sure. Like, is this really a long-term thing or is he just having a great season or a great half a season? But dude, after reading this article, I don't know if this is ridiculous, but it really put a lot more faith of mine into him because it just seems like last season was an aberration and he really has turned the corner. He's playing within himself too. He's not trying to do too much. Obviously, you know, he's trying to set up the offense, but he's not trying to do it all on his own shoulders. You know, he'll... He'll facilitate. He'll do what he's got to do. He'll get the ball to where it has to go, but it's to set up other guys. Um, and, and it's amazing that even doing all that, he's been able to ball out in all those categories and statistical um, you know, numbers that you mentioned. And, and that's why he's been able to maintain this level because he's not, you know, he, he is letting it come to him. 
you know? And on top of all that, it's for a winning fucking team, which is hugely important. Absolutely. Right? He's not stacking up these numbers when we're getting blown out. These are in winning games. And we've seen it on the defensive end. It's not just all those offensive numbers that, you know, are are at the top level. It's what he's been doing on defense, the blocks, getting in position. I mean, it's... This team, you know, is where it's at because of Julius and because of their defense. And he is, you know, part of that defensive mentality and, and, and why they've been so successful. All right, guys, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. What is going on with Frank Nilakina? Frank Nilakina. I'm so hard on Frank. Oh, everybody's hard on Frank right now. Guys, like an ex-girlfriend that you're finally over, all right, after obsessing over her, lusting for her. Jay, can we get some sexy music here? You've gotten her out of your life. You've moved on. But suddenly, out of nowhere. After all those, all that fantasizing uh, that we've done, those many hours. But we've gotten it all out of our system. There's no more fantasizing. She struts back into our lives. All right, looking hotter than ever. Shooting lights out. Step back threes beautiful D. Even even showing those pearly whites after a couple of those oh. big, big shots. And, and like beefier and hunkier than ever. Fuck, Jay, stop the fucking music. It's getting gross. Yeah, you're getting close. I was getting... <laughs> right. It's getting gross. Excuse me? It's getting gross and I'm getting fucking close. <laughs> six for six from three in his last two games. He started off the season hot from three. Yes. And it's like even all those weeks on the bench, it, it doesn't matter. It comes back in and just lights out. He has not gotten a lot of minutes this season. We know that. But he's shooting 61% from three-point land. And he's getting the recognition from Tibbs. It is not going unnoticed. I mean, I think he's, I think he secured himself a spot, at least, you know, in the near future in this rotation. You never know what's going to happen. Going back to what I was just saying, this is the last thing I fucking needed. All right. <laughs> I don't, I feel like this is going to end up really hurting, even worse than it had to, when he either gets back on the bench and doesn't see any more playing time, or he gets traded for a fucking second round pick. It was fine before. All right. All of us Frank stands, we were fine with. We were understood he's not going to be, all right, maybe he's not going to be anything. We were wrong. We were wrong. Now imagine he gets traded. Imagine he well, ends Craig, up back on the bench. Now it's going to be driving question, us crazy Craig. again. Here's the multiple choice question. Frank ends up back on the bench, A, because another injury pops up and puts him there, whether it's a groin Probably or a, a hamstring groin. or an ankle. Yeah. <laughs> B, Derek Rose comes back in the lineup and now the shuffling goes back and now you got Rosen quickly in the back where Peyton's back starting. Yeah. So Frank ends up on the bench. Or C, like you just said, he gets traded for some second round pick. Right. So what good is going to come out of this, Frank? What are you doing to us? Tibbs, what are you doing don't, to us? Don't you think he goes right back to the bench when Rose is back? Probably. Is he, I mean, he's not going to move to a 10-man rotation, is <laughs> Probably he? Probably he's going back to the bench. Well, all the players are saying he's been doing it all year long in practice, you know, so they're finally happy to see it going down in the games because they said, they said he shoots so 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 wonderfully in practice. Is it possible Tibbs, Tibbs and the coaching staff are turning around Frank and this is like this to stay? We don't know. All I know is it's going to really hurt when he gets benched again. <laughs> what do you think happens when Rose returns, Barry? He goes back to the bench. When Rose returns, see, I loved Rose in the starting lineup. And remember, I mean, things happened in such a weird way these past couple of weeks because Rose 
played a few games as a starting point guard. The Knicks looked great. The chemistry looked great. Quickly got to be the main ball handler on that second unit again. Dominantly, quickly. No more having to share the backcourt with another dominant ball handler like Rose. The only reason Rose came out of the starting lineup was because of those COVID protocols. And Peyton happened to get better. It just works out perfectly for Thibodeau, for Peyton. (laughs) Exactly. So who knows what would have happened if Rose was still able to play and Peyton got healthier. Does Rose stay in the starting lineup or does Peyton replace him? Plus, Peyton rolls right back in for this game against Detroit. Knicks look great. He had a good game. He's back in the starting starting lineup. I'm sure after the All-Star break, it'll be business as usual. Peyton in the starting lineup and uh, Rose off the bench. Well, we've got guarantee it. Tibbs and his staff has a whole week to reassess and to figure out what lineups are going to be best for this team moving forward. And look, I know we know what Peyton does well, right? He gets to the rim really well and he could put up some points, you know, um, of late. I don't understand what happened to Peyton's assist numbers. I mean, they used to be good. He's not passing the ball out. And well, he's also concentrating more on scoring. Though, he's concentrating more on scoring, I mean, and and he's only that one-level threat. He doesn't have a mid-range. He doesn't have that three-point shot. And I don't want – in this NBA, I don't want a point guard like that. I mean, unless you're like some amazing, you know, crazy court vision type passer that can get the ball to anybody from anywhere on the court, I need you to be able to score from anywhere on the court. Otherwise, you're not helping the guys around you. I think we all agree, and I'll admit this, that he he's a solid point guard off the bench. I think he's a solid backup. For me, it's just about who he shouldn't be starting. And we got Derrick Rose, start him. You want to start Emmanuel quickly, start him. But I mean, just Peyton starting and getting a bulk of those minutes automatically every night is what I'm not a fan of. Guys, have you heard about this potential Andre Drummond trade? I want to hear if you think you'd do this. All right, have you heard this? Nerlens Noel, who's been playing great of late, Except for his hands. His hands are brutal, but his defense is fucking amazing. no hands. Two blocks a game. Every game, he's got at least one or two stuffs of a slam dunk. That, that is incredible. Um, he's number four in the league in blocks, by the way. But it's Nerlens Noel, Kevin Knox, and a second-round pick for Andre Drummond, who this season is averaging 17.5 points a game, 13.5 boards, over 20 player efficiency. That's not the piece. That's no. not the piece that this Knicks team needs. I mean, if you're doing this to make a push and be competitive in the playoffs, you know, or even, you know, put up a competitive first round, that's not the piece that you that you need. That's not the piece you need unless they know that Mitch is going to be out for a long time. If he was going to be out for the rest of the season or they don't know when he's going to be back. Adding, adding an 18-point-a-game score – almost 14 boards a game is a big... I'm not a huge Andre Drummond fan, but that is instantly adding a lot of offense to your team. Yeah, look, that's definitely not a lot to give up for him. It's not. You're not going to get... You know... You're not going to get anything near Andre Drummond for those pieces. But I feel like any move you're going to make... And I mean, this is a pretty pivotal moment for the Knicks. I mean, it's the first season that you've got a winning record this deep into the season, aside from that 2012-2013 season... This is the time where every move you make has got to be a move that's going to continue to help you in the right direction. And I, I just don't see that as being that crucial move that you need to make. Let me ask you a question. Let's say they don't do, they can't make any other move. It's either they make that move and nothing or nothing else. I say no. I make that move for the for really? those 
time for those meaningless pieces. Yeah, I mean, look again. <sighs> Uh, that's, what, what are you giving? What are you giving up, Kevin? Knox? Right, you're not giving I get up that anything. It's not. It's not what you're giving up. I think it's how it changes. How it changes the makeup of the team and the offense. Nerlens Noel. You, that mean, you're losing Nerlens Noel. I know, but Andre Drummond's usage rate is pretty darn high. I mean, yes, he's got those 17 points, but it won't be if he comes here. Right. Well, so that's what I'm saying. So, but it how won't. effective is he going to be? His usage he's gonna rate stay is down higher low. than he's going to stay down low on that block. You know which is basically where you've got your centers right now. Um, you know, it's not like you're looking for him to to uh, you know, expand the floor. I mean, he's he's not shooting his field goal percentage isn't great. His free throw percentage is awful. No, but now you've got another guy in there to rebound. You've got another guy with that, you know, defensive mentality, the hustle um, that's going to put in the work and you got a guy that's going to put it down if you do get the ball to him down low in the block. What's appealing to me about being in, is thinking about being in close games late and how much we struggle and just having that big guy down there. You can, at the very least, in a close game, you know, you give it to, to a guy in the post that can score, right? Unless you're bringing in some superstar in here, a guy that's going to become your number one and, and, and move Randall to the number two, you're not changing how you run your offense. You're not changing how this team is playing. Any guy like Drummond or any guy that's going to be below Randall in the pecking order is going to fall in line with how Tibbs is running his team. So, I mean, for again, that's not the move I want to make. But again, if you're telling me it's it's Knox, a second round pick, and Nerland's Noel for that, I mean, that's not hurting me. You know, it, it realistically is only helping me. If it's, anything, it can only make I'm your team better. There's things that make me nervous about it. If, you, if we were to do that, like does Thibodeau all of a sudden start Andre Trump and then Mitch is coming off the bench? Or, you know, I, I wonder if Andre would come off the bench happily behind Mitch. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not crazy about it, but it doesn't hurt your team. I know. You know what it is? It's almost like the Derrick Rose deal, right? It was something that we weren't crazy about you know, we probably wouldn't have looked to make that deal. And yet, look how it turned out. You know, it's a, it's a good guy to have on the team. Um, his mindset is good. It's It's been a beneficial thing. I think a lot of us has turned around on the idea once we saw him back in the Knicks uniform and the way he was working out with everybody. It could end up being the same thing for Drummond if a deal like that does go through. Guys, I want to give a brief moment here to talk about our newest sponsor. You ready for this, Barry? eBay. eBay. Whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity, authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. authenticators. Wow. A team of- ex- I don't even have the copy in front of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a team of- Okay. A team Just of- Just trying a- to hit that. Okay. <laughs> A team of experienced sneaker authenticators, authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag. <laughs> you say ticity? I did. That includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and over, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. You guys want to hear some voicemails? Sure. What's up, guys? This is Bobby Begley. I'm calling to ask you real nicely. Excuse me. I need some water. Please leave my brother alone. 
I don't the best he can. Um, you know, quiet and yell, Daddy's on a business call. All right. Yeah, Bobby Begley. Uh, I love the podcast. <laughs> Bobby Begley. Wow. Look at that. Ian Begley's brother calling into the show. Holy cow. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Then we got DB calling in, walking the dog, as always. Hey, fellas, it's DB. Uh, walking, am I on the cold walk? Listen, what a great first half. I was just calling, first of all, to say I love the two-show format. Keep me coming. Uh, I just also want to say, kids is doing everything right. You know, I hear people complaining that they're not giving, he's not giving Obi Toppin enough minutes. He's not starting quickly. He's done everything right. All right? Keeping Alfred Payton in the starting lineup gave us consistency. It gave us a way to have, to slow the game down and to keep a sense of normalcy with the team. Not starting quickly gave him a chance to succeed. Obi Toppin, 10 to 15 minutes a night behind a, a starter that's an all-star. This is what he needs. He's learning to play defense. When he pulls Obi, when he makes a mistake, that's okay. That's called development. People want to send him down to the G League so he gets more minutes. He doesn't need more minutes. He needs teaching. And working behind Julius Randle, working with Kenny Payne, working with these guys is working. Kids are doing everything right. I'm really excited for the second half. Hopefully they can make some noise, make the playoffs, whatever. Thanks, guys. Peace. Knicks fans are buzzing. He's happy and out of breath. <laughs> Thanks for making it clear, DB, that you're walking your dog again. You have to know when to come. So Chris does a great... Oh, whoops. That's, I, didn't mean whoops. I wanted to say something about him coming hard, but I, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> oh, and DB, you don't, you don't have to, you know, walk the dog or mention the dog when you call. You're good enough on your own. You can fly solo. He's just explaining why he's out of breath. I understand, but it's almost like he uses his dog as like a, a hitch, like a, you know, he doesn't have the confidence to to make the phone call on his own. All right, y'all hear that music? It is time for the news with Blanderson Hooper, brought to you by Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company. They are changing the crumb cake game. Blandy, why don't we get some of that sexy music going, and you, in the most inappropriate way possible. Me? Tell us about March's Crumb Cake of the Month. Okay. So it's called the Brooklyn Danny Boy Crumb Cake. Oh, Danny Boy. Danny Boy, indeed. Um, first of all, <laughs> the crumbs here are infused with an Irish cream. Oh. So last week there was the, uh, last month there was the creme. And this month, there is that cream. And, I, and uh, Jay loves the Irish cream. I mean, right? my wife is Irish. <laughs> she is. So she has Irish cream? <laughs> well, that I'll keep to myself. That's not for everybody what? else. To know In all seriousness, what is Irish cream? It's uh Does alcohol. it taste different? Oh, that's alcohol? Irish cream is alcohol? It's like kick, right? Irish cream. Like Bailey's Irish Cream. Oh. Yeah. All right, tell us more about the cake. Well, it's got real Belgian chocolate, fresh buttermilk, mm. and a smooth stout beer. <laughs> what does that mean? It it has smooth stout beer in the cake? 
This yeah. kid gonna get me drunk between it, the it Irish just cream might. and the the beer? It's possible. Depends on how much of the cake you eat at one time. If you had like one piece, probably not. If you were eating as much as I do in one sitting, it's possible you could get a little buzzed. By the way, guys, I'm gonna share my screen right now. Tell me the cake doesn't look like Lamello Ball. <laughs> what did you just say? Tell me that cake doesn't look like Lamello Ball when he had yeah, the big if, if the cake blonde was an NBA hair. player. When he had it the would blonde hair. Ball. Not this oh, year, yeah. but when he had the blonde hair. I see hair. that. Yeah. I can see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see it as Kelly Oubre as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Um, and for March, they have a March Madness promotion. Buy one, get the other 50% off. What a deal. Um, I am I am getting in on that for sure. All right. Well, from holiday gift boxes to their world famous crumpkins, they even have a crumb cake of the month subscription. You can get for three, six, or 12 months. Go to clarksnavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. Jay, Blanderson, Blandy, floor is yours. Let's do this. So the uh, latest... COVID update, seven positive tests in the latest batch of testing. So it looks like the all-star break is coming at just the right time for the NBA. Um, Obviously, we have Derek Rose in protocols. Um, What happens with that? He hasn't tested positive, correct? I believe it was because of contact Contact, tracing that he's in the protocols. Um, Speaking of the Knicks, uh, Miles Powell, who had been lighting it up for the Westchester G League team down in the bubble in Orlando has signed a two-way contract with the the Bucks. So there's there's that. Uh, Blake Griffin and the uh, Pistons agreed to a buyout today, and he had to give back thirteen point three million dollars to the Pistons. There apparently are about six teams that are interested. the The Nets are apparently one of them. I guess he's looking at the Nets as the possibility. Uh, you know, a good possibility to get him a ring before and he's he retires. completely healthy right now. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he wasn't doing great. He's only averaging like 12.6 boards a game, but how much of that was just, you know, not being interested in what was going on. I, I, mean, I could, I could see those numbers going up a bit if he, if he were to sign with the Nets. Plus he'd only be what the fifth option, the sixth option. <laughs> right. Listen, he's you know? not what he once was. No, but that's for sure. But uh, he could still help them. That's for sure. Uh, Zach Levine, I don't know if you saw this, cops were called to his home last night when some obsessed woman showed up at his house and refused to leave and did not leave until the police were called and they ended up taking her to a hospital to have a mental evaluation. Was she hot? That I don't know. No, uh, no, no comment on that. You know, TMZ where I got the story for, uh, from they're really high on their journalistic integrity, and they did not mention the looks of the of the woman. If she was hot, she probably wouldn't have been sent away. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's, you know, possible. Uh, the Mavs. Mavs record update, 18 and 16. So that looks like it's kind of going up in smoke for us there. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate. But, I mean, you never know. Chris Stapps could have a big injury. It's all right. We pick better players in the in the range of the twenties, anyway. So who knows? <laughs> there you go. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were just fined uh, for uh, criticizing the officiating. Mitchell twenty five thousand and Gobert twenty thousand. Uh, also, the two of them were in the news because they were the last two players chosen for the All Star teams. I don't know if you saw yeah, this. What is that about? 
Um, well, I think part of it was a statement because did you hear what LeBron said when he was asked about it? Uh, about the Utah Jazz back when he was a kid and how yeah. nobody ever wanted to use them in video nobody games. Nobody ever wanted to choose Utah when you're playing a video of game. Of course, Utah's fucking boring. I never want to choose Utah. Uh, it's probably, you know, a shot across the bow with Utah being the number one team in the West and <laughs> the Lakers being the defending champions and just his way of trying to put them in their place. Listen, I mean, I agree with LeBron as far as no uh, never choosing the Utah Jazz in like those what NBA you want, games. John Stockton? Yeah. We want to be John, John Stockton. Stockton and Karl Malone. Two of the best players are, but two of the most fucking boring players to ever yeah, play the game. That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, the fact that LeBron said that is... Uh, as a reason. Listen, he just said out loud what everybody thinks. <laughs> that he didn't choose them because when he was a kid playing video games, who would choose the jazz? That's the dumbest comment ever. I'm sure it's more about him sending a message to the jazz than it is about, you know. And then just one quick uh, all-star thing. You know, a number of players, well, a few players had to uh, pull out for injury. Durant obviously was replaced by, because um, he's out, DeMont, uh, Sabonis. AD was out, so Devin Booker replaced him. And then today, Devin Booker had to pull out. And so Mike Conley was named an all-star for the first time ah. in his 14-year career. So there you go with Utah. So now Why did Conley. Devin Booker have to pull out, as you said? Um, <laughs> tell you what, if I was running the sound machine right now, I'd have so many fucking clips going for all these pull-outs. Because of the pulling out? Yeah. I, I wish I had the come hard or- you know, Right, no, but why, but seriously, why did he pull out? Left knee sprain. Left knee sprain. And uh, that's the way uh, the basketball bounces. Oh, uh, actually, I forgot. I wanted to play this one thing. It looks like our good buddy, Ian Begley, has some competition. I don't know if anybody was watching the post game last night um, after the Pistons game, but this happened. <laughs> Steve Popper, new thing. Who is that that says that? Yeah, she already. You. Oh. I don't, I don't, you mean, who's the person who announces yeah, it sounds who they like are? she's already laughing. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, it kept Well, there was some kind of thing going on with Alfred Payton right before that. There was oh, some okay. back and forth. That's probably why. Oh, yeah, when Mark Berman asked him a stupid <laughs> Steve question. Steve Popper, new thing. Yeah, Alfred, uh, <laughs> you've obviously played with, you know, uh, Is that a fire alarm? Longer than anybody here. Sounds Just like kind a of, can you sum up what you've seen from him this first half of the season different than maybe what you've seen before? No, it's is just that, feed, is that isn't an that alarm just, alarm? Maybe it's feedback or something. Yeah, no, it's like either feedback. his phone or his microphone was yeah, next that, to the laptop. I don't think so. I think so. That yes. doesn't sound like feedback. Yeah, because you that can even, like an alarm. No, you it's can not even an alarm, hear Jay. his voice like being weird in there. Yeah, like if you have you your Zoom on. You don't think that's an alarm? You think, I mean, no, listen, after the, no. fucking, the fucking beat writers are ridiculous with how unprofessional they are, but you think he's fucking asking questions with a smoke alarm going on in the background? No, no. I don't, well, what do you mean? It could have just gone not, off. No, Jay, first of all, he it was having those- consistent. He was having those sound issues every question he asked through the entire post-game press conference. And if you have like your Zoom open and then you got your phone on with your, like maybe he's got a Zoom going on there as well, and you have them both going- that's the type of sounds that your shit makes. I'm telling you. But yeah, that shit was so annoying. I was that watching was the really post game with, with my son and even my son was having wisecracks with it. And he's like, oh no, Steve Popper. My ears are going to be popping with Popper. He said that? My, 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 <laughs> Trey said that. I was like, that's pretty good, Trey. You know, for there a 10-year-old, not bad. Now we got to be on the Popper watch here too. Yeah, we got to be listening for him too. Oh, it's, that's, that was so <laughs> brutal. And I don't think the players can hear that because, like, they were, you know, squinting and, you know, covering their ears. They were like squinting because they couldn't hear? No, it was like hurting my ears. I was squinting. <laughs> no, no, but 
they you you said they were squinting. They weren't they squinting, hear. so I don't think they could hear it. Oh, I thought you said that they noise were makes me squint and close my eyes and cover my ears, Jason. I'm not, I'm not following. Whatever. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. And you can follow Jay at Blandy Hooper. And you can call us at 516-33-MESH-1. Don't forget to go wherever you listen and leave us some five-star ratings and or positive reviews. Do we need to do the schedule? Yeah. Um, give me a drum roll. All right, whoever wants it, go first. Okay, I'm going. Thursday, March 11th is the first game back after the break at Milwaukee, followed by Saturday at Oklahoma City, then the following Monday at Brooklyn, and then at Philadelphia. Oh, jeez. Philly on the second of a back-to-back, Nets and, and Sixers. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Those four games right out of the break. Yep. They don't really have an easy one or an easier night until Thursday the 18th when they're home for Orlando. So it's gonna be they're gonna need this rest. We're gonna win all but four. The Nets of them. and Sixter, Sixers back to back. That's tough. We're winning all. We're all four of them. Oh, if what? they win all four of them, fucking championship or bust, man. Fucking winning all I mean, four of them, guys. Get ready. That's not no. I know. Last time you said th- they were winning all three, and I said say what. And then you use that back in my face. But that, that's not happening this time. We'll find out. It's a very good chance that we will be under 500 by the end of those four games. Yeah, and if and if Jay gets his way, everyone will be 10 games under by the end of the season. That's not what I want. It's not what, it's what I want. what he's hoping for, all right? It's obvious. It's not. There, you couldn't be any happier that we might fall below 500. That's not true at all. All right, Barry, what's your favorite part of the first half of the season so far? Uh, favorite moment, favorite Randall. player? Julius Randle. Jay? The electricity that is Emmanuel quickly. The electricity? Electricity. Just the, electri- <laughs> just the electric you know, aspect of his game, how he just comes in and he just lights up the court. The swimming thing that one night, you know, his, yeah. his, you know he's not afraid of the big shot, big moment. The swimming thing was great. I love Thibodeau. It's my favorite part of the first half of the season. Can't get enough of that guy. Really? I love on the sidelines, he's always like, you ever notice like how on edge he is? <laughs> he does do that. What is that? How, do you, how would you describe that? I don't, right. He's got, I don't try to describe it because it's a podcast. No one can see what I'm doing here. You can't relax. But it's like, it it's like, like a big meatball on the, on the, on the sidelines with his hands. He's out. like on like a, a two foot long surfboard that he's trying to balance <laughs> yes. himself on. Oh yeah. Like those, uh. Like those little boards with the, on the one rolling thing. With the ball. Yeah, the exercise. To, and he's like got a little his, balance board. He's got his hands out trying to... Like, that's how he's reacting the whole time on the sideline. He's so fucking intense. I love him. I love it, too. <laughs> All right, guys. The next podcast, it's the All-Star break. So I think Jay, Barry, and I have earned a little bit of an All-Star break ourselves. So we're going to be back next Friday. Does that sound good, guys? It'll be the day after the next time the Knicks play. Should be good for me. All right, guys, until next time, it is a hard Knicks life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.